0: Welcome to How to Sell Your Stuff on Etsy. I'm so glad you're here. Hey, hey, guys, what is up? It's here. It's the day. Also, surprise, I should have started with that. Surprise! <laughs> you may have noticed that this is a back to back episode two weeks in a row, and that is because I am bringing back your weekly dose of how to sell your stuff on Etsy. That's right, we are back to four times a month. Every Thursday, a new episode's gonna drop. And I thought, what better subject to start with than your very favorite beloved FAQ episode. So yay! This was so fun to put together. And the best part was how many of you I got to talk to. <laughs> and it's just like, it's so fun, you know, because I sit here behind the mic. And for you guys, I constantly hear, I feel like I'm like listening to and talking to my best friend, which is totally how I feel. It's just, it's like, it's different, right? It's so fun when I get to actually interact with you. So first of all, Thank you for connecting with me. Thank you for sending me so many questions. We're going to see how many we can get through today. I'm going to do my very best. And um, I should add there, like, I think with these weekly episodes, something I'm probably going to do, I don't know if I'll do it every month, but I'll do it probably with some regularity, is one of the four episodes will be like a shorty, like 20 minutes or less a hot topic. Like, I'll pick one thing to talk about or teach on and that'll be more of my like solo style episodes most of the time. Um, so let me know your thoughts on like what you'd like to hear for those, but I'm thinking I'm probably not going to be able to hit all the FAQs that I got, but I could do like, I could catch up on FAQs on some of those short episodes, or I could always do one or two FAQs on every one of them. And then we could kind of have rolling, like you can send me your FAQs. So I don't know, let me know, like, first of all, if we are not friends on Instagram, I've been way more active over there and like posting stories and I'm back. Um, on TikTok, <laughs> so Reels too. Um, we should totally connect. I'm at How to Sell Your Stuff on both Instagram and TikTok. Like, please connect with me so that we can chat. Tell me if you hate the idea of sh- like shorty episodes that are FAQs, or if you really like this big honkin' FAQ episode like twice a year, or what you think I should cover during those episodes. I've got lots of ideas, but like, I want to hear what you guys think. So. I mean, okay, how many times have I spiderwebbed already in this episode? This is gonna be this is gonna be something else. Your questions are gonna keep me on track in a second. Okay, so four episodes a month. I'm gonna do some shorties. Um, oh, okay, this is so fun. So I don't know how many of you guys participated in the that like digital summit that um was a few weeks ago, and it was hosted by Jav Sid, who came on into the SVG episode with us a few months ago was it a few months? I don't even know what day it is or what month it is, whatever. But, um, I'm covered in hair because the, here I am spider webbing again. I I wonder if recording this in the middle of the night was a bad idea. Um, the, the postpartum hair loss is like such a situation right now. Someone please tell me when this is going to stop and when my hair is going to grow back and when I'm not going to feel bald anymore. Thanks. Okay. Those of you who are type A are like, Lizzie, I'm, I'm breaking up with you right now. Um, the, the, the summit. Okay, so that was the first summit I ever participated in. And I thought, it was, like, a lot of people who did participate, like, messaged me, and they really liked it because they got to get exposed to some other experts. They got some great freebies. Like, they got some really good materials. Like, so cool to have access to all that for free. Um, and then also you could upgrade. But um, so I signed up for that, like, months and months ago to do that. And then when I first met job, and there is one more coming up. I don't think I'm going to do any more this year because there are a lot of work, but there's another one coming up and it's a lot bigger. So Job did a great job. She's That's like I think her second one that she put on, um, but this one is almost double the size. So there's a lot more names you'll maybe recognize. It's going to cover a lot more topics. It's called the Go Digital Summit and um, it will be linked in the show notes. You can, um, it's actually a little early. I'm telling you guys early. Who cares? This is how we roll. We're besties. Uh, it's not supposed to, or, or can you start signing up tomorrow? This is what I get. So go sign, Go get on that list and get on that free summit as well. It's going to be in the beginning of May. All the details will be on the page when you sign up, um, but you'll have access to the stuff for free for at least a day. And then um, there are so many more speakers. It's like at least double. And my presentation is going to be on how to effectively self-audit your Etsy shop. And that kind of came from... When I did a a, kind of like an interview Q&A with you guys a few months back, and I was like, what? When I was first coming back to work after maternity leave, I'm like, what service do you guys really want? And I was really shocked because everyone, I got so many responses saying, we want Etsy shop reviews. And I was like, really? So I've been doing a lot of them, but I was like, man, how cool would it be if I showed you how to do them? Like, That could that could change the game for you. So um, this was my first chance to sit down and put down a presentation. You're gonna get to see exactly how to effectively self-audit your Etsy shop. And I'm gonna take you through. So it's part of that Go Digital Summit. It's gonna be, I'm literally showing you exactly what I do when I do an Etsy shop review. So that's so cool. And you'll be able to do it for yourself. And then here's the deal you need to be doing them regularly as you grow. So That's gonna be awesome. I really recommend this. Even if you're not really in digital products, I think you're gonna find subjects there, even like including mine, that are gonna be worth it to at least get a free ticket. Um, so check that out. I'll keep reminding you. If you need more reminders, make sure and get on my email list because you better believe those are I'm sending those out. And okay. And that's a wrap on that. Um, one more question. Do you guys think we need a Facebook group? I look at all these other like coaches and stuff. And I know like we're different cause we're a podcast family. Like we're pretty tight. It's just different. But I'm just wondering, do you think we need a Facebook group where we can be like chatting regularly? I can't promise I'll be in there 24 seven because my kids will hate me, but I will be in there and we can all be together and be like, get to know each other. And y'all can get to know each other because I feel, I have noticed that there's a very specific, very wonderful kind of person who listens to this podcast. And I just feel like we all need to be friends. So let me know. Cause it, I think it could be cool, but I could go either way right now. I got a lot going on. So let me know what you think. Um, And that's, those are my announcements and hopefully I hit them all and it's okay. We're just just in the middle of the night. It's okay. Here we we go. So um, I have tons of questions to go through. We're going to get through as many of them as we can. I'm going to answer them the best I can without having like a, you know, a visual, like showing you guys on the computer what to do. And um, if we have any left over, I'll be able to hit them on TikTok and or in some of those shorty episodes if we decide that's how we want to handle those. So are we ready? Good. Let's dive in. So the very first one comes from Erin and she says, I love your show and listen faithfully. Thank you, Erin. I have created a sub shop of HR related merchandise in my print on demand shop. Is there a way to easily move those items to create a new Etsy shop. If I wanted to open one dedicated to HR, okay. The answer is yes. The um, the easiest way to do that is Etsy has a way that you can download the data. Like you can export your listing data, and then you can go import it into another shop or you know use it somewhere else. It'll it'll create like a like a file, probably like an Excel spreadsheet type file, like a CRV or whatever. So um, I will link in the show notes under your question, a a link to where you can get that, where you can, like the steps you need to take to get that export. But that would be the fastest way. I don't even know, like, okay, I know some of you are like Excel whizzes. I have never done well with Excel. I think it's because it's like math related and it doesn't compute. I'm like, I'm just like, no. With the math, I personally would just be going in and like copying and pasting, which is, is probably harder. I don't know. But you can just export. And that would probably be the easiest way to do it. Question two. Hi, Lizzie. My question is, if I had a very successful SE shop many years ago selling a physical product, what tips for selling digital downloads and listing them? Cheers, Nori. Okay, Nori. Okay, so um, one thing I'll tell you, as someone who always had a physical product shop, like it's still on vacation mode, and now I'm running a totally different print-on-demand shop, um, I will tell you it's a very different platform Etsy is post-2020. Everything changed because I think there were so many more shoppers that flooded into Etsy. There were um, so many more sellers that flooded into Etsy. It just changed. They had to add all of these bots to help like, cut down on the spam and the fake accounts and things like that. They had to put in all these things to protect sellers and shoppers from... Um, just people who weren't going to take it seriously or really, like, protect the integrity of the platform. It's just different. It's a different space. And then on top of that, digital products are really different as well. I will tell you they're awesome and there are endless possibilities. And I feel like Etsy is only becoming more and more friendly towards print-on-demand and digital products. So, like, don't even hesitate there. Um, what I'll say about... <clears throat> about digital products is you typically to be successful, you have to have a ton of listings. Like the shops that are really successful have hundreds, if not thousands of listings, um, which I don't think is, I don't think that should demotivate you. I think you just need to be prepared to regularly be adding more listings each week. Um, with physical products, I kind of, would, I would go through phases like every month I'd add a few new ones, but, and I would, I would regularly renew the ones that I had, but digital products, you really need to be adding, same with print on demand, you need to be adding new products regularly. For the algorithm to take note. Um, now, of course, that doesn't mean you have to create a whole new product. As we know, that can be a bear. You can always repackage an existing product. So, like, copy it, put in different SEO, put in a different product title to try to attract a whole different crowd. Copy it, put in a different thumbnail picture, so you've got a different aesthetic, attracting a different kind of buyer. So, I mean, that would be that would be like the first piece. I'm so sorry. We're gonna be doing a lot of water because I can already tell my voice is gonna dry out. So. <laughs> Also, pay attention to um, really saturated micro niches and avoid them. So this is kind of true across the board on Etsy, but I have noticed it more in the digital product space. There are so many people who've been like, oh, that's going to be so easy. I can create passive income selling digital products. And I'm like, yes. And there are so many of you that you have to be really innovative and creative about the way that you try to like jump into the market. So for example, you're not going to make any headway with another home sweet home printable. There's a billion of them. Like you're going to be on the 300th page of search. You're just never going to get found. Like unless you put a really unique spin on it, like using some kind of flash trend that hits, then maybe you could make some headway. So I would look for pockets of micro niches um, where people are searching for it and there's not crazy competition yet. So, I you know, look into like current trends um, look for things off the beaten path, like look into different, um, occupations, like look into like, like really micro interests that people have rather than trying to be really general with a home sweet home. So that's, that's my advice on that. So good luck. The most important thing is like set real realistic expectations for yourself. You need to be patient. You need to have fun and just know it will likely take some time. The other thing is, like, unless your physical product was stickers or something really inexpensive, you have to remember it takes a lot more sales to actually make, like, needle-moving money with digital products. Because typically, unless you're Anastasia with Anastasia's Templates, who that was a phenomenal episode. If you haven't listened to that one and you're, you like digital products, she sells website templates for hundreds of dollars a piece. That is amazing. That's like she makes she makes more per template than I made on huge signs that you hang over a bed that were like almost $200 and hers. So there are ways you can do digital products and make more money. And I do think that's something to chew on, but otherwise just know like if you're selling a smaller type of a file, it's just going to take longer to add up. Um, be, just be patient. Just give yourself time. You need to look at it like you are a scientist in a laboratory. And what geeks you out the most is testing and testing and trying and playing and creating. So that's, okay, I'm going to put a lid on that one, but that's that's my answer for that. Good luck, though. I think it'll be a lot of fun. Do it. Hopefully, that's like kind of what you were looking for. Um, Melinda asks, can you please talk about physical art and its place on Etsy right now? All I hear across the board online is planners, stickers, and print-on-demand, um, all digital. She says, I do offer digital downloads, too, and I make traditional and digital art And I'm now using AI to write listings, et cetera. I'm always searching to hear about any successful artists on Etsy. Are physical products still something to peruse? Okay, this is a great question. First of all, I actually think it's the best time ever for physical products on Etsy. I know we all get really excited about the idea of print-on-demand and digital. Like I am the first one to say, uh, hello, I am your girl who switched to print-on-demand right now because the number of steps and the work and the effort and the expense and the exhaustion of putting out a physical product can be like, you've got to really have a heart for it, right? You've got to be so excited about what you're making that you get up and you're just excited. And and for me in that season, it was perfect. Oh my gosh. In this season, not at all. Um, But the reality is, is that in this world that is becoming increasingly more digital, where things are just automated, I mean, we are now more obsessed than ever with things we can touch with our hands. So I think real art, it's all real, but like tangible, we can touch it with our hands. Art, physical products that you have made in, in your home or workshop with your hands are more valuable and precious than ever because they're more rare. We've done this whole circle, right? Where it's like we started all, everyone, like it was like, um what's that word? Like super materialistic, super everything. And we, we kind of wanted to like simplify, which is, we're still in simplify, but then it's like, okay, let's make everything digital. You know, all of our planners went digital. All of our, all of our documents went, everything went from paper to digital. And then we saw kind of an upswing. Like people were then just like, oh, I miss holding a book in my hands. I miss the feeling of the paper. I miss the pen, like smearing on the, I miss it. And so What has happened? There's a boom in selling physical products again. And so we're kind of at like the peak of that. I think it's huge. Now, artists. So um, I have seen successful artists on Etsy. I have coached a few. I've purchased from some. Um, I think it's huge. But here's the biggest mistake I see artists make. And that is they don't remember that Etsy is a, a search engine. So they're like, this is going to be my art gallery. And they put up their listings and their stuff says just like, like whatever their art title is, you know, unicorn jumps over the moon. But I'm, <laughs> I'm terrible at this, but you get the point. Like no one's searching for unicorn jumps over the moon art print. Okay. So the trick is you've got to figure out how to fit into the marketplace and use keywords and, and, and create a product that is in demand. And if you're not going to do that, then you have to create a social media platform or your own existing celebrity as an artist and drive your own traffic to your Etsy shop. Because if you're depending on Etsy to drive your traffic to your shop, you have to have something in demand that people are searching for. So I hope that helps. I want to make sure. Did I hit everything in there? Um, no, I think that really, yeah. So For sure. So, Melinda, search for other artists. Like, like sometimes it's not the easiest thing to find, right? Especially if they're doing it right, because you don't want to look at the ones that aren't doing it right. But um, you can sometimes find, like, if you if you type in, if you include in your keyword search, original art, you're probably going to find some. But you're going to include some other words as well. So look for shops that have lots of reviews, lots of sales. If you have, look for bestseller badges. If you have Everbee, which if you guys at all have Everbee right now, which literally has a free version, oh my gosh, you can look in there and you can see how many sales they've had. I mean, I know you can see honestly how many sales they've had, but you can see how much they've made. You can see how old their shop is. You can see so much more data. You can look at one particular listing and see how many they've sold this month. That's crazy. So um, play in that, Melinda. I hope that helps, but I'm excited for you. Just don't fall into the trap of like you have to set up your listing To utilize the actual marketplace. Okay, so hopefully that helps. Oh, I hope, I hope. Next question. Okay, I don't have a name on this one. That's okay though. Um, I love you, even though your name isn't here. Okay, Uh, there's like three parts to this. So the first one is ideal customer has always been a tough one for me. I try to keep my prices the lowest, but the products keep climbing, like uh, the supplies, she means. So how do I compensate so I'm able to sell to those who will still pay the price of a $200 wreath? Okay, so this must be a wreath maker. Um, wreaths are tricky. Now, first of all, I am guessing, I don't know for sure, but I am guessing you may be coming from my friend, um, Julie, Julie Oxendine with Julie's Wreath Boutique, her group, and I would always defer you to her on this because she's the one who sells wreaths day in, day out, or she has, and she's supporting all those people who have. So if she has an answer to this go with hers over mine. She just knows wreaths better. But here's what I do know. Wreaths are tricky in a lot of the same way that signs were in that, um, they're expensive to ship and they're expensive to make. And like the problem for me in the sign business was that I made the decision. I didn't want to buy a printer. I didn't want to go to more automation. And, um, If I had, it would have been a big expense up front, but then I would have been able to print signs and I would have like eliminated a lot of my time sitting there hand painting. Because here's the reality. The customer, the end customer, I thought they would be willing to pay more for mine because it's painted versus printed. But the vast majority of customers did not care, did not pay attention. There was like such a small number of people who were like, oh my gosh, I've been hunting everywhere for someone who actually paints their signs. Thank you. Like, majority of people couldn't care less and they just wanted the best price they could get for something somewhat handmade by a small seller. So it made it impossible to compete with people who could, who could have lower prices and print their things because they weren't hand painting every one of them. Wreaths are the same because the, the, the supplies are expensive and the shipping is super expensive. So, um, here's what I would do. If you want to stay in wreaths, um, I would, I think part of what you're asking too is like with ideal customer. Oh, I don't want to, I want to simplify this for you. Your ideal customer is anyone who would buy a wreath. Okay. I don't want you to complicate it in your brain thinking you've got to be like my ideal customer is a farmhouse style person. I mean that, that might be if every single thing you make is farmhouse style, but I don't think as a wreath shop, you have to be like that. If you were a home decor shop, I'd say mm, pick a style, but you're a wreath maker. So your niche is anyone who wants to buy a wreath so you can have products that run the gamut like find some really cute trendy wreaths that you can make as like as cheap as possible make them look good I'm not saying but I'm saying like buy some stuff in bulk the ones that you know you can fly off the shelves you can put together really fast because I know there's some I have a friend who's a wreath maker I know there's some that you can make um much more quickly than others so have some that you can sell cheap and easy and totally feel like you can have some that are $200 wreaths I kind of did like a little search before um, getting on to record and I didn't see any wreaths that were like $200 they may have been with shipping but they were definitely up into the 180 or 190 range I think you've got to have like you have to you have got to have the perfect wreath if you're selling it at that price it's got to be banging and um it also you've got to have spectacular photography like you're hiring a photographer selling them at that price point but there's people willing to pay it for the for the perfect product. I think you can have, your ideal customer is anyone will buy a wreath. You can have them from $20 all the way up to $200. The other thing, which is really part of your, this is part three of your question. I know I'm skipping part two for a second. Yes, they're super expensive to ship. You were asking about shipping. Do not charge free shipping for wreaths. So um, this has become a really interesting discussion in the Etsy coach community, because for so long we were like, everyone you need to have free shipping on because you're gonna get a significant bump in the algorithm. I think now there's like a tiny bump if you have it, but it's not worth it. I've even seen some people make more sales when they turn it off. (laughs) I don't, I I don't know. So here's the deal. Just price your, your wreaths normally have shipping as a separate line item. You might, here was something I had to balance with the signs. I had to kind of um, split the difference. So I priced my sign a little bit higher so I could price my shipping, which was a separate line, a separate price point, a little bit lower because some people there's like psychological breaks in the numbers when they see shipping get to a certain amount. But do not do not run sh- free shipping on reeds; they're too expensive to ship. It's just one of those products; they're a tricky one. I think it's amazing you're going after it. Part two of your question was SEO is my biggest one, meaning my biggest question. I've been told so many different ways what's the best way for SEO listing? Okay, um, that is an enormous question, but let me just give you a few pieces here. So first of all, the SEO or search engine optimization or keywording on your listing is going to come from your title, your description, and your tags. So if you want to rank in the Etsy algorithm for any particular keyword phrase, you want to make sure they're in all three of those places. And um, you can... You know, decide how you want to do that. It used to be that the, the listing description didn't matter. Now it does. Like also something else, your shop um, sections and your shop tagline matter. So what you have in those things is going to help your shop rank overall. So those are the places to make sure you've got really strong SEO. Um, there are different ways of figuring out what the SEO should be. It's, there's a combination. One of them is looking at the best sellers in your niche, finding out what they're using and getting a combination of words from them. Um, another piece is using tools like I like to use Sale Samurai and Everbee to find, um, like I was been talking about before, micro niches. So I don't try to compete in the really, really big ponds in, in with my keywords. If there's a keyword that... Um, so here's, a, here's like a trick if you guys don't have one of those tools. When you go to the Etsy search bar and you type something in, you hit enter, all of the listing, all of the search results populate, right? If you look right under the bar over to the right, the bottom below the bar to the right, it'll say how many listings came up. And that means those are how many competing listings there are for that phrase. So if you see that there's like less than one or two thousand competing listings, that's awesome. That's a good indication that like, well, I mean, the other aspect of is demand, which is a conversation for a different question or another day because it's just too much to cover here. Um, But. You know then that there's not a ton of competition, so you at least have that piece of the puzzle answered. You're like, ha, not a lot of competition. If you see thousands and if it says twenty thousand, uh, uh-uh. like don't play in that pond unless you can bring in, like, you can you can trend combine. You can bring in different things together. You can put a whole new spin on it. Bring in some other keywords that'll just help attract a different audience. It's just too big of a pond. So. Um, so yeah, sometimes you're gonna use those tools to help you find and hunt out those micro niches. They, they make it easier to find the ones where, and you can see within the tool, here's how many times this is searched for a month, and here's how many competing listings there are for it. I, I hope that's not getting really too technical. I know some of you are like, oh my gosh, Lizzie, you just told me what I've needed to know forever. And some of you are like, what on earth are you talking about, you crazy bat? Um, so like, my apologies, I, I know that was a bit much, if you're, if it's feeling really like a lot, you probably need a course. You probably should take an Etsy course. You can take mine. I actually, let me say this here. I didn't say this in the beginning because it's kind of a secret that I'm just going to tell you guys right now. I am in the process of completely revamping and rewriting my course. It is going to have so much more though. I wrote it in um, 2020 and it's still awesome. It still has everything I use, everything I'm using now for my print on demand business, but I've learned a lot from, I'm going to like majorly beef it up and, and, anyone who's already in it is going to automatically get the new, the 2.0 version. Okay. So right now it's priced at $97. It's going to be, I don't know yet. Cause I don't know exactly what's going to be in it, but somewhere in the 500 to $700 range when I'm done because of how much I'm going to add. Um, even right now it can make you a ton of money. I get emails from my, my testimonials, like all the time on people are like, Oh my gosh, you just killed it for me. This is incredible. This changed my entire life. Um, but I'm going to make it even better. So, if some of what I'm talking about feels super over your head, I would go get in there. Here's the thing. You can get it for $97 now and in a few months get this automatic upgrade, basically like you saved 500 bucks. So, I mean, I can't believe I'm telling you. I'm shooting myself in the foot, right, you guys? But but that's okay. Y'all are my friends. So you get the best deal. You get the secret. This is the time to go grab <laughs> To go grab that course before. Um, I will, it'll definitely, I'll be letting my email list know before it, it goes up, but yeah. Um, so just know that if my SEO language isn't making sense, you need a course. Mine or someone, like if you're in print-on-demand, you need Jenny or Heather's course. If you're in digital products, you, here's the thing, I'm not gonna list it all because I'm gonna overwhelm. Here's here's the secret. I know I like sometimes run run an, an ad for this, but i want to tell you this here because it's better. My research, okay, here's, here's who I wanna be. Like I'm obviously, I've got expertise in, especially in physical products, and I'm building my expertise in print-on-demand products. What I really wanna be for you guys though is kind of like um, your little bestie traffic director. When you're like, Lizzie, I need to know who to listen to about print-on-demand. I want to be the person you come to for that question. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, yes, I have vetted these girls. Here's where you need to go. Like, done. Um, Lizzie, I need to know, and I, this is actually a question coming up, which print-on-demand company to go with because I've heard, like, horror stories and I don't know who to trust or who to go to. And I want to be the one where I'm like, oh, my gosh, I got you. Here's who you want to use and here's why. And for every other subject under the sun, too. If I want to, you want to sell printables, you want legal advice for your shop, you want tax help, you want um, you want to know where to create m- mockups. Like I want you to be able to come to me, and I've already vetted. So my resources page has it's a growing library of all of the vendors that I trust. Whatever you need, it's there. And if it's not there, message me, and I will find it, and I will get it. I will tell you personally, and then I will add it there. Um, so. If you are interested, if, if you are needing SEO help, you need to you need to get into a course because it's something to learn and you want to pick one from my resources page that is applicable to what you are trying to sell. Because if it's digital products or if it's um, print-on-demand products, you want to use the one over there. If it's if you sell physical products, I'm your girl and you want my my, my course, which is right now super cheap. Okay, we're getting off the soapbox, but um, the point is your SEO strategy is very nuanced and there are several places it comes from. That's why you're hearing different ways. There actually isn't necessarily a wrong way. So long as you're getting best selling SEO. Um, I hope that helped. I'm so sorry. I don't have your, maybe I didn't get a name in the email, but I hope that that helps you. And I think it's amazing. You're selling reads. I think it's an awesome niche to be in. And um, uh, I'm just going to throw this in there. I don't know why it just came to my brain. Make sure you're using Pinterest because reads are so beautiful and they're Physical product, and if you have really gorgeous pins going out there, you will make bank do that for sure. So, I hope that helps. I can't even remember what I told you now about SEO, but I know I told you to go look at the best sellers and I know I told you to use those tools to help find micro niches. So, email me if you want more on that, my friend. Hey guys, are you in the print on demand niche on Etsy? I know a ton of you are either already working in it or you're fascinated by this niche. And I'm so excited to introduce you to my friend, Heather, who makes $15,000 per month selling print-on-demand in her Etsy shop. And wait for it, she's helped her students as an Etsy coach build five-figure and beyond print-on-demand businesses through her absolutely phenomenal free and paid trainings. Like seriously, guys, her courses are so good, I bought her flagship course myself. Imagine if you made $100 plus a day with minimal effort, had the potential to quit your nine-to-five and be your own boss, stopped trading your time for money, and instead work when you want to. Get 10 to 20 plus sales a day organically from a store you began six months to a year ago. Have the ability to work anywhere only a few hours a day. This is the beauty and freedom of print-on-demand that has so many of us extremely excited print on demand is only growing and new products are catching on left and right so let me reassure you you're not too late for this party at all if you want to get started with Heather's free POD webinar how to earn your first $10,000 with Etsy and print on demand just go to heatherteachespod.com that's heatherteachespod.com or visit the show notes of this episode Next, Nessa says, hi, Lizzie. I'm, she uses a different word, but I'm going to say I'm poo-poo with social media because I'm embarrassed to post anything. Even on my personal, all I do is share lost dog or people posts. <laughs> um, I do the dogs too. I have business pages, but not, but post very occasionally up to date. How to do a Facebook group advice would be great. Okay, Nessa, I want to peel this back a little bit. My, my precious love um because there's a couple factors going on here so at the bottom line is you're asking how to do a facebook group i'm just saying like i'm curious if that feels does that feel safer to you because it's like a closed loop like you have to let someone in and you have you have the ability to kick someone out because what i am actually like kind of the sub message is i feel like i want you to work on your um the, your confidence in yourself as a business person. Now, here's the thing. I don't go posting about my business very much on my Facebook profile. Um, I, like First of all, there's like terms and conditions of Facebook that discourage that, right? But I don't hesitate on my Facebook page. I, I think we have some mindset stuff we can work on, Nessa. Like, I want you to feel so proud of what you do. Like, that's really the deeper question is like you should t- like you should post about your business, especially on your pages. Um so like I feel like a Facebook group is worse because because it's a closed loop. And because you have like if you're saying you're kind of um reluctant, you don't like to post often, a group takes a lot more effort. You have to be present and or a lot more or it doesn't accomplish anything. So I if you really want to be um, anonymous, I would scrap Facebook altogether and go to Pinterest. And then you don't have to worry about anything because you're just posting your products, and you know, learn a good Pinterest strategy and go that route. But I really challenge you to like, you're awesome. Your products, I, I'm sure your products are awesome. And and if they're not, P.S. My T-shirt products right now, my print-on-demand shop, not awesome. I'm going through the phase of sucking. Because that's where we all have to start and i just like i just like have no ego about it i'm like happy to suck for a while like i know that i'll keep at it and i'll get better and i'll get awesome and i'll get best sellers and i'll have a top shop i just i know because i i just don't give up and because i sit here and i just have i just play i just have fun with it um so i want to i want to invite you on like a personal exploration of like well what if nessa becomes a person who's really proud of to share herself, especially on her business pages. So um, I would need to know more about you to um, make a lot of suggestions, but here are a couple of books that could be be interesting to you. One, um, especially if you have a Christian faith background is Fear is Not the Boss of Me by Jennifer Allwood. That one's really, that one is like the most targeted to what you're talking about, kind of what you're alluding to here um but i respect that and i really love that our community is diverse not everyone shares that so some other great books um, that would address the address that would be daring greatly or the gifts of imperfection by Brené Brown or girl stop apologizing by Rachel Hollis and i just i want to see who Nessa becomes when she lets herself like let her light shine you know like you're awesome we, the world deserves to know you so Uh, like without no, like this also, if you want to talk about it in more detail, this would totally be a great, I know this doesn't sound like it, but it'd be a great one-on-one coaching session because we could really get personal about it. And I could help coach you through some of this mindset stuff because for my coaching sessions, it's not just for like tactical, like you can bring anything to me, you guys, like you wouldn't believe what I could do, what I could help you with, with even just like parenting or marriage. I know that sounds silly, but like I have been through it, like whatever you need, if you need to talk mindset, if you need to talk like courage. If you need to talk, I don't even, I don't even have an Etsy shop yet. Like I don't even know where I'd want to start. Any of that's fair game. And Nessa, this is fair game. So um, thank you for sharing. I really appreciate your vulnerability. And um, that would be great. If you really, really want to go after Facebook, um, you want to learn more about Facebook marketing, you're going to want to check out um, Julie's Biz Boutique, which I will also link. You know what, I need to like put a little message in here for myself or I'll forget. Julie's And her monthly membership will give you, um, I'm typing and I'm typing what I'm saying instead of what I'm trying to, um, her, her little monthly membership, she's going to have a community that's going to come around you. That's going to encourage you and make you feel more confident, but she's also going to give you all of the like actual up-to-date training hers. So like you make a good point, right? Because it changes a lot um, the algorithms and things change. And so when you're in her group, she's constantly letting you know what the changes are and keeping you up to date. And that would be the route I'd recommend if you really want to dig into that. I just think there's a deeper question there. Okay. Sandra asks, I opened my shop in October of 2022 and have yet to list anything. When I start listing, is it better to close my current shop and open a new one? I'm worried that Etsy already thinks I'm a loser and won't promote my shop since it took me so long to list anything. I can't decide what I should sell, either digital or print on demand. I have 15 years experience as a wedding planner, so I'm leaning towards products for weddings. I've studied Etsy on YouTube for almost a year, but it's not for the lack of wanting to sell. I'm a solo mom to a wild five-year-old, and I work full-time in an office. Sandra, you are amazing. You are juggling all of the things. Um, And I'm glad you added that, because I totally would have gone, like, Sandra, why are we, why are we still, and maybe you, maybe you do need to hear this. I don't know. I would be, but if you didn't add the, like this personal stuff here, I'd be saying, um, we need to start. We need to, We need to just start. <laughs> we need to hit publish. Um, so to address your first question, no, you're fine. Use your current shop. It's not going to matter. Um, you know, like if you're worried about it at all, the way you can overcome it is keep adding listings. Uh, now The well, actually, no, October 2022. Oh, my gosh, that's not that was like two minutes ago. Yeah, don't worry about that at all. I was thinking it was over a year ago. And what you want to make sure is you don't do a ton of listings. you want to trickle your listings, guys. So one of the reasons new shops get suspended is because they come in and they list like 20 or 30 new listings right away. And the bots on on Etsy think it's spam. And so it's easy to get those shops back when they've been suspended. Like it's only hard if there's been a trademark violation or a terms of service violation. But if it's just because you, quote unquote, spammed the system, those are pretty easy to get back up. Just takes a few days. Um, so just trickle your listings. And what's going to happen is like that activity, like every couple of days, there's new activity, 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 activity. Um, it won't matter that your shop has been there. And then... Um, can't decide what I should sell. Okay. Here's what I'm going to tell you about wedding is that that is a very saturated niche. So you could do it, but you'd need to put a very different spin on it. You cannot do traditional wedding stuff. If you go in there, you're going to have to find a creative way to like find a, a micro niche within weddings. I'm going to throw out ideas, but these are not researched. I don't even know that they're like micro niche at all, but like, or if there's any demand. So you can't do a traditional wedding. Do If you did like a fishing themed wedding. I'm, I know that sounds ridiculous. I'm saying you really have to get quirky about it. Um, you got to go figure out what's in demand. But like if you did a, um, what's another one? Um, a double wedding. You know when like two people, they do like a combined wedding. Like a set of twins, they both get married on the same day. Like they do like a joint wedding. It would be something super off of the beaten path. Um, so yeah, that, that's what I want you to know about that is that it would be really hard to break in if you want to do weddings. Um, also, so you are amazing. I, I hope that you can get started soon because like you literally, you, you're at a point now where you've done enough researching and you need to start testing because I, I'm all for being prepared. Okay. I am a researcher big time. I, I wish I could talk to you guys about research more. Like you don't know my obsession with research, but like. People think it's boring. It's actually <laughs> the secret sauce. It's actually everything, especially on Etsy. So I try to find like sexier ways to talk about it, but um, it is everything, but you've done enough of it. And now you need to be the scientist. Now you need to get into the, you've done your research. you got your materials, go into the lab and just start playing around. Thomas Edison, how many times are we gonna test to try to figure out like a light bulb? Okay, so I'm just gonna say that Sandra, I want you to. I want you to get started. It's okay if it sucks in the beginning. Can I tell you, me being a multiple six-figure earner starting over and sucking, like, you got to just have no ego about it. It's You can just, like, laugh at yourself. It's fine because you're just going to get better. Okay, moving on. I'm going to have a sip of water here. Okay. Hey, Lizzie, I'm still learning and just getting set up, but I have a question about print providers. How important is it to print the right print... Uh, the right providers initially, and how hard is it to switch providers later down the road? I find myself in analysis paralysis, deciding between, and she's like listing names, or um, another company with bulk tools, but you're locked in to their providers. Maybe I'm overthinking it, but wanted to get to, oh, this is Dave, um, wanted to set a strong foundation and visualize the long view with this. I wanna set up an efficient repeatable workflow and the backend provider seems key. And would be hard to change your entire shop, your entire collection later. Okay, yeah. So, Dave, um, I am using Printify, and my backup is Printful for when things are out of stock, which I've heard, like, around holidays and things like that, you've got to be able to pivot. Um, the reason I'm using them is because the people who I know who make six figures and sell thousands and thousands of, of uh, print-on-demand items use them. And so um, I... Like I didn't even analyze, I didn't even do any homework. I'm just like, that's what works for you. That's been the best. I'm going to go with it. It, it, that to me has worked really well is whenever I'm building something to listen to somebody who's just done it and has done it on repeat for years. So that's, that would be my advice to you. Use Printify, start with Printify, use Printful as a backup. It, for them, it is easy to change down the road. Like literally I've got both of them connected to my shop and I can pivot back and forth with ease the company that you mentioned with the bulk tools that you're locked in, I don't, I haven't heard of them. But again, I didn't go do a bunch of research. I just did what Heather and Jenny told me to do with Printify. Um, I I would definitely be hesitant to do anything that locks me in. I want to, I want to be able to pivot because crazy things can happen with supply and demand and availability. So I hope that helps. That's what I would do. Hey, hey, you guys. Coming in hot with a pro tip. Are you ready? Do you use special fonts, graphics, SVGs or other digital goods to create your products or run your Etsy business? You need Creative Fabrica. So for years in my shop, I walked that fine line of either using stock fonts and graphics that were right there on Canva. And I had a ton of trouble differentiating myself because let's be honest, everyone else was using them too. Or I had to go invest a ton of money, sometimes hundreds of dollars to buy them direct from a designer so I could create something extra unique and stunning. Right. And don't even get me started about the whole factor of making sure I had a, a commercial use license so that I could use it for business. It was a whole, whole nother expense and hassle to be honest with you. Um, but I have since found a better way and I'm letting you in on the secret. Okay. Enter creative fabrica. You guys getting a membership to creative fabrica has been a game changer for me, okay? I've literally saved thousands of dollars. I'm able to create faster because I no longer have to scour the internet for what I need, it's very convenient. Not to mention, I don't have to wait for my budget to allow for a new digital asset before I can create something new. I have this membership, I can just access it whenever I want. So what is it? Creative Fabrica is a website where you can access unlimited digital goods for just $9.99 a month, like $9.99. This I, my jaw drops because this is this is an insane deal because everything comes with a commercial license as well, which means you're allowed to use them legally for profit. And, and I, I have to chuckle because this is this is less than I used to pay for just one font before y'all. <laughs> like $9.99 for access. OK, they have over six million fonts, graphics, and other digital resources that you will have full access to at any time. It's essentially like, like, to be honest, this is like the top Etsy sellers, best kept secret that you are now privy to (laughs) welcome to the family. Did I mention you belong here? You belong here. Um, and on top of that, Creative Fabrica. So they discovered this podcast. They reached out to me and they were like, Lizzie, I, we want to offer your audience, like a special, a special little perk. I'm just like, well, we love that. Tell us what it is. So. Now you guys can get one month free. You can get a free trial for up to 10 downloads and you can test drive it and see if it's a good fit for you. Like I, I literally pay my own membership. I love it. So if nothing else, like take a free trial, stock up on some fresh stuff for free. Thank you, Creative Fabrica. And if you love the service as much as I do, it's just $9.99 per month to keep it going. And you can also um, cancel at any time. No questions asked. I love that. I love it when they do that. So if you want to jump in on the sweet deal, Just go to howtosellyourstuff.com forward slash creative. Again, that's howtosellyourstuff.com forward slash creative, and you can grab that free trial. I'm so excited you guys to share this with you because this is like one of those pieces to the puzzle that can just change everything. It can just up the whole game. So just like, let me know how it goes, okay? Gina asks, if you sell something locally, is there a way to not charge shipping? I'm a new seller on Etsy. So there are a few ways to handle it, Gina. One, you can have a free shipping guarantee or literally um, set up the shipping to be zero, like on the inside of the, like on the actual shipping profile. However, it would apply to the listing for all buyers until you changed it. it wouldn't. You couldn't just designate it for local only. Um, I don't know if you're meaning this for like somebody you know, Or you're just thinking, gosh, what if someone in my area does it? How could I save the money? So that would would just affect my answer. So, I mean, you can also set up a sale or a promo code in the marketing tab of your shop manager to set it for free shipping. And just like, for example, if you're, you know, your friends or family were going to order, you could do that. And then they wouldn't get charged for it. A very worst case scenario, I did this at times when it happened for me if a local person buys something, you can refund their shipping. So I did that and then like if it was someone I didn't know I'd have just like porch pickup, um, like a Facebook marketplace kind of a situation, but from, from the Etsy account. So here's here's what I want you to know though, the only nuance here that can get tricky for new shops is that if there isn't a tracking number that proves that your product and order was delivered, Etsy will, for a new shop, will hold on to your money for a while. They call it a payment reserve and they keep it for 45 days when there isn't a tracking number that can help prove that the product's been delivered, um, it's a safeguard they built in after twenty twenty when uh, they they wanted to have the funds available to refund shoppers from if a seller was like running a scam or just didn't follow through. They were trying to protect it. it was it was a it's a it kind of stinks as a seller, but it, I also get where Etsy's coming from because they got so burned, and um, you know sellers have to take responsibility for delivering the product or or issuing a refund. So. That was their way of protecting their themselves and the shoppers from it, from that behavior. Uh, I hope that helps you. Um, Haley says, regarding, le- uh, I think, the legality of things, I have my Etsy shop running and have made several sales, but I'm now double-guessing the legality of it. Do I need to register in my shop as an IBO? Do I need to apply for a license to have my Etsy business? I don't want to get in trouble for missing a step. Etsy didn't walk me through. Great question. Okay, so... I have to say um, for your sake and mine, I cannot offer legal advice because I'm not qualified. So what I'm going to say here is for informational purposes only. Um, also these can be pretty nuanced uh, depending on where you live. So there is not a requirement from Etsy to set up anything. And that's why they didn't walk you through it. So as far as Etsy is concerned, you're totally legal and you can be a sole proprietor and run your shop with just a social security number. They'll send you a 1099. If you, if you meet the criteria at the end of the year, um, The only reason there would be like a legality issue, again, without knowing where you are, is if you live somewhere with specific rules that require you to have a license. For example, in Texas, I don't have to have a license. I can just be a sole proprietor for my own business or for an Etsy shop or whatever. So you're gonna need to look into your local country, state, county, city laws for that. And yes, it can get that refined. Like New York can be particularly crazy. as far as the other piece, I haven't heard of anyone I know setting up an IBO, but it's it's somewhat common to set up an LLC to protect your personal assets. So uh, last year, I had creative law attorney Paige Hulse on the podcast. It was awesome. Such a great episode. And she talked about why you might want to have an LLC and why you need to have one. And it was really interesting. So I think that conversation could be helpful to you. It was podcast episode number 36 called How to Keep Yourself Out of Legal Trouble in Your Etsy Shop. And I will also just link the show notes where you can access it, the YouTube and the, um, right inside the show notes is a a podcast player where you could play it right there as well if you don't want to go hunt for number 36. But I think that'll help answer some of your questions there. It's just kind of going to come down to where you live. Next up, um, Mary says, since you got into print-on-demand t-shirts, how do you decide on the actual... Print provider from printify or printful we have not had a good time with our designs being off-centered and not straight horizontally i had one customer that made two orders days apart a total of six items and with all six items the designs were askew each in a different way and worse so were all the reprints lost that customer yeah i bet i'm sorry That's awful we went with another printer from the same company for samples and we're having similar quality or print quality issues we checked our designs for symmetry placement, et cetera, and they seemed good to us. How would you tackle this problem?" Okay, Mary. Um, so the short answer, you sort of you're sort of already doing what I would do. I would take down the design. I would order samples from another print provider or two to see if it turns out better. And if not, I would scrap the design because here's the thing. So many people effectively use these companies without a problem or with like, I mean, they're gonna happen occasionally, but to have that many tells me that like your design might be perfect, but something about it isn't working. So like, for example, Heather always warned me, um, and I can't remember what it what, what the combination was now, but she was like, don't, um, like maybe don't use a hot pink on black or something like that because it never turns out well. It always looks bad. It looks great in the mock-up, but then the printing is terrible. Like there are like little recipe things like that that I'm still trying to figure out. Um, that never turn out good no matter where you go or what you do and and something about your design might I know for you it was like a centering issue something about it just might not center right or might not look right on the shirt um so test it I would get samples I and guys I know Mary already did this but for everyone listening with front on demand I I don't think you have to order samples for everything you create because that would be insanity (laughs) But I seriously, seriously, seriously get at least one sample of, like, at least every type of product. So, like, if you sell Comfort Colors t-shirts, Bella and Canvas, Gilden's, like, heavy-duty, Gilden's Soft, you know, you sell a sweatshirt, you sell a hoodie, you get at least one of each with some of your designs on them so you can see how they look but also feel the material and understand what the customer's getting because I think men are more flexible. They're not going to be thrilled. Like, a woman is not going to be thrilled necessarily with a Gilden, like, heavy duty, depending on what it's for. Um, you're probably better off with like a gild and soft. I, so test them. But also anytime I've had a unique color combination or, um, a design that was just totally different. Like I recently did one that was on a black shirt and had a lot of white ink. And I was just like, oh, is this all gonna, um, is it too big of a block of white ink? Is it gonna just kind of crumble on them? And I wanted to get the sample. So get samples. So, um, That's what I would do, Mary. I would test some other places. And if you can't, if you can't find a really good look, I would scrap the design or I would try, I would figure out how to modify it. So you didn't have the problem anymore. And I'm so sorry, that stinks. And for everyone listening, who's like, oh my gosh, that's terrifying. It's not frequent. (laughs) Um, I had a situation where one of the samples I ordered, I've ordered a bunch, came in, messed up, and I sent a picture to Printify and they reprinted it. They rushed it. They, they always rush it when it's a reprint. Um, when I sent the picture showing it was a printing issue, they sent a new one out. I'm like with a customer, is it going to stink? Yeah. And like sometimes are people can be mad. Yeah. But other times you're actually going to get to be the hero. Like it's sometimes a good thing because you can be like, I am so sorry. And then you can give them a great experience taking care of them. Um, a lot of times people just, they get mad because they don't, they think you're not going to take care of them. But you know, print a file, just reprint it for you. So I do hope that helps Mary. But the good news is your instincts aren't right. Are right on the money. You're doing the right things. Um, okay. Allie has a few questions. How long does it usually take to get traction with digital products? I'm in the wedding stationary niche. Opened my store about two months ago. Okay. So, um, that we, this alludes to something we talked about earlier, the wedding niche is so saturated. So like bottom line is you need to figure out where you are in the search results. If you're coming up on page 50, it, it'll take, it'll take until eternity to get traction you have got to find a way to penetrate that niche uniquely going towards a micro niche group within it. Um, You just cannot compete with the mammoth that it is. Now, as far as just generally how long does it take to get traction with, with digital products? It can take five minutes. It can take like, if you've got something that's in demand, that's gorgeous, that gets listed, the algorithm will help you immediately. Um, And it, it's, it's not like just a waiting game. Like literally when you first post something, it's, especially as a new seller, your stuff goes to the top of the feed for a while, for at least a day or two. So, um, when you post a winner that doesn't have so much competition that you could never, never swim to the top, you can go really quick. Just pay attention to that with that, with that really busy niche. When do you recommend ads and how much do you recommend to spend in the beginning? I recommend ads for products that have already sold. Um, I do not recommend that a seller who's just like, okay, I'm trying to get, I'm trying to establish myself, get to the top. I do not recommend running an ad to try to get your products seen. You only want to use them for things that are tested and true, or else you're going to waste a ton of money. There isn't like a slight exception to this, which I may get to talk to here in a little bit. I mean, I am like, how far into this are we is the question. I can't even see the like, recording time. Okay. We're already 50 minutes in. So we're going to end up with like a part two episode of this, which is fine. Um, you're going to, uh, you, you do not want to, you do not want to waste money on ads until you've already sold the product a few times and it's proven to be a good product that will sell. In the beginning, you also, even when you do that, keep it really, really low, a dollar or two a day, and then gradually grow it as your sales are making up and exceeding the ad budget. How much time as a new seller do you recommend putting into Pinterest? None. In the very beginning, I think you should focus on understanding trends, understanding demand, researching the heck out of your niche, looking like spending hours just like looking at the best sellers and the things that are in demand so that you can then create your own spin on them. You can understand SEO. That is where in the beginning you wanted to start because you don't. Pinterest is awesome. I use it. I recommend it. Social media is great. I do it because I'm already a seasoned seller um, you don't need it. Like literally there are millions and millions of shoppers on Etsy and that is enough to completely get all the sales you could want. So Pinterest is something to add if, um, you know, you're wanting to grow to the next level or, you know, you need to, you're just, you've got to, you've got to try something different. A lot of times if Etsy isn't working, it's because you either, there's something wrong with your, um, usually like your SEO or your listing photo. There's something wrong, like that, you're, you're selling something people aren't searching for or you're in a pond that's too big, that there's already, there's too much saturation in it and you need to go a little more micro. So I hope that helps, Allie. I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to get to a solid hour. I hope it's not too long for, I know you guys love these though. And then I'm going to table the rest for like these upcoming episodes and adding FAQs in there so we can, because I know, I mean, I'm only like a little more than halfway through all your questions. Gina asks, hey, so I'm pretty new to Etsy. I've optimized every part of my Etsy shop according to different coaches and have said, oh, have said, and I still get almost no visits through Etsy. I was wondering if you have ever had struggles like this and does social media help to get ahead start and does Etsy pick up on that eventually and get more views through the Etsy algorithm? Okay, great question. Yes, I've absolutely seen this, struggled with it 100%. So... Um, it sounds like you kind of have an you already have an idea of this, but I'm gonna say some of this for everyone else listening as well. The first place I would check if you're not getting any visits is what page you're showing up on the search results. If there are thousands and thousands of competing listings, you could have an incredible product. It could be phenomenal, but no one will ever find you because it's too saturated. And if that's the case, then yes, social media and ads can't find you. Um sometimes, yeah, ads and so yeah. But you need to know you have a winning product before you go down those rabbit holes. And the problem with like the human condition is we just, sometimes we think, and this is not specific to you at all. Gina, I'm just saying this as a general thing to everyone listening, because there's thousands of you listening. A lot of times we think, we go one direction or the other. We either think we're better than we are, or we're really hard on ourselves and we think we always stink. A lot of the times we're not in the healthy middle. So, Um, you need to figure out before you try to go down these other paths, you need to know you have a winning product and it's just that you're in too big of a niche. And again, I would always suggest like niche down, get micro niche, but the best way to know if you have a winning product is either a, you have prior experience in sales or e-commerce. So you just know what sells, um, or B you get someone else to take a look who has experience. You know, you get an Etsy shop review or you get a coaching call, or you talk to somebody who just someone in your network who just knows this stuff and can look at it and tell you what you need to improve or like, oh no, you've got a winner, you just gotta throw an ad on that puppy. Or, oh no, you got a winner, you just gotta get that up on Pinterest. No, it's not gonna cost you anything to throw it on Pinterest like it would with an ad. So, But otherwise, I recommend hunting down from um, micro niches where there is some demand and people are searching for what you have, but the competition is lower. I'm gonna make sure I hit everything in here. Um, So yeah, if you start getting social media, and ads can help send more views to you. And then the next question is, are they converting to sales? Um, if you get lots and lots, so like, I think this is a question coming up. It's the next one. So, I'll, okay, so table that. And we're about to talk about this next piece about how do you know if you have a, um, a problem with your product. Chelsea asks, how to, how do you know when your design is bad versus needing better keywords? Now, this, so this is all, these all go together. A. If you're getting lots of views and no sales, it is likely your design um, that is the problem. It can also be that there's just a bestseller badge on another product and everyone's going toward it because it's just showing up as the first option and it's got all of the little stuff around it saying, this is sold 20 times in the last 20, all of that stuff, this, that the social pressure of that makes a difference. So again, if you're getting lots of views and no sales, it, there's likely an issue with your design, but it also can be the bestseller badge on the other product, um, your pricing is higher. And so there's all of that social stuff plus your pricing is higher. That's getting you ruled out every time or it can sometimes be your turnaround time if they can get the other one um, a lot faster. Sometimes that'll do it. B, if you're not getting views, keywords is the place to investigate plus market saturation. So you see what I'm saying? Like the, the views but no sales, you look at the product and the pictures. The If you're getting the views... And, and um, if you're not getting any views, then you've got to look at, are my keywords good? Am I using the right terms that the perfect customer is is typing in the search bar to try to find my type of product? And then you also have to look at set market saturation. What page are you showing up on the search results? Um, also, pro tip, if you are, I know I'm like, I'm talking like the Alvin and the Chipmunks. And I know I've said a lot of things. So if you are... Uh, multitasking, I want you to come back to me on now and hear this, because if there's nothing else you hear this entire training, this is going to help you. Whenever you do this research and you want to find out where you're showing up in the search results, which all of us need to do, I do it, I like pretty regularly for different products with both of my shops. You have to start by opening an incognito window, or sometimes it's called a private browsing window, depending on which, um, what is it called, which browser you're using. If you're using Chrome or Um, Safari or whatever. You want to find the private browsing because if you don't and you just go to Etsy.com and whatever you know tab you use all the time it has stored the cache is filled with all of the previous data of what you've looked at and it's going to influence what Etsy shows you. It's going to show you what it thinks you want to see. If you go to an incognito window or a private browsing window and you go to Etsy.com and you search something it's going to search like like a shopper that's never been on Etsy before and show you the raw data, okay? So um, you're gonna open an incognito window so your search history doesn't influence your results. Then you're gonna go to Etsy search and you're gonna type in and search for your keyword phrase that you're trying to rank for. You're gonna look right underneath the search bar to the right and you'll see that number, that little number I talked about earlier, of the competing listings. If it's in the tens of thousands, it'll be hard to ever compete. So Would you, that's something to know. And then you want to go page by page and see where you rank. Now, if it's in the tens of thousands and you're on the first or second page, then you're one of the best-selling listings for it. You're you're going to do great. If you're on page like 10 or later, you're almost never going to get found. So I hope that that um, helps both Chelsea and Gina there for that. Um, A little more information. Okay, how am I doing now? Hmm. All right, we'll do one more. Jocelyn asks, do you have a favorite online photography course? I need to brush up on product photography and self-portraits for Etsy and social media. Um, Jocelyn, I actually do not have a photography course. I'll be on the lookout for one, but honestly, here's what I'm gonna tell you. I'm like a huge, like I love this question because I am your course gal. You, I buy courses constantly for all different parts of my life. I think they're amazing. And I think we get what we pay for. But for this particular question right now, I would say go to YouTube. Honestly, there's a ton of great free content on this on YouTube. I think when you become a professional photographer, there's a lot more nuanced stuff that you need to learn. But just for taking product pictures in the beginning, when you're getting like, um, you're going to do just fine using what you find on YouTube. That would be my suggestion. mm. I'm all like, can I squeeze in? I wish I wish this was live and you could be telling me what if you want me to keep going or not. Um okay, last one, and then I'm just gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap it for you <laughs> for all of our sakes because it's like almost two o'clock in the morning. Jorge asks, if you open up a shop, let's say selling one type of product or niche and it doesn't do well, if you decide to switch niches and products, is it best to reopen a new shop? If the name of the first shop was not specific to the niche or product or just clear out the same shop and start fresh with the same name. So as of now, you can change your shop name um, once from inside your shop manager. And that's what I would do. I would start, but yeah, you can clear it out and just change your shop name. Um, I tend to recommend as you're picking your name, I actually don't recommend getting super niche with your name. I recommend using something um, that's very memorable that someone will remember and be able to type if they want to come back to your shop and they don't think to go to their previous orders or favorites or whatever. Um, And it's something that you can grow with, that you can have different products over the years with. So you can change it from inside your shop manager the first time. If you want to change it again later, you have to uh, go through Etsy support and they will decide if they will change it for you or not. I will link in the show notes how to change your shop name. There's like an Etsy, um, there's a place within their blog that'll show you exactly the steps to go through where where you can change it. So that'll help. Okay, so I got through like all but a handful, and some. I mean, to be honest, some of them are still coming in. So um, I think that is a really good stopping point. I feel like we covered so many. Like I, 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 I'm like wondering if your heads are spinning as much as mine are. Mine is right now. I don't know if it's like the the allergens, the lateness of the hour, or how much we covered. But I think that was awesome. It covered a ton. I hope it was helpful. Please send me all your feedback. I am here to serve you guys. I want to know what's helpful. I want to know what isn't. I want to know um, your feedback so that I can continue to grow and get better because, like, it's just not about me. It's about you. Um, And I want to know. So uh, I will see you next week. It's going to be awesome. Like, my lineup of speakers now, Like I'm getting access to just the coolest stories, the coolest companies. You guys, we are doing some awesome things together, you and me, and me and you. Um, and a lot of really cool people are taking notice and want to come be a part of it and talk to you guys and meet you. And I promise you, I'm being so picky. Um, you wouldn't believe the number of people I turned down because they're just, you deserve the best and you deserve the highest integrity and you deserve the content you want. Um, it's just getting really exciting over here. So I will see you next week with another great episode. Totally different. I hope you loved this. I... I don't know what to say other than I love you. I love you. I'm so proud of you. I'm so grateful for you. I'm so blessed by you. And um, I'll talk to you soon. In the meantime, what do we always say? I need like my daughter here to say it this time. (laughs) She's way asleep. Go make something awesome. I'll talk to you next week, guys. Bye-bye. And that's a wrap on this episode of How to Sell Your Stuff on Etsy. Thanks so much for hanging out with me today. If you're looking for more resources, head on over to howtosellyourstuff.com where you'll find podcast show notes, all the links from today's episode, the blog, courses, coaching, and more. If this episode was helpful to you, awesome. The greatest compliment I can receive from you is a rate, review, and subscribe on this podcast. Not only will it allow us to connect again on a future episode, it lets me know I'm providing you with value and helps other people find this content more easily. From the bottom of my heart, thank you for your support. Have a great day and see you next time.